Hello, real estate world. Welcome to the Nova Show, real estate records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories, but not only success stories. I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories, everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Nova Show Real Estate Records. I'm Tristan Hammett, your host for today's episode. And in today's episode, we have the privilege of hosting a remarkable individual, Utah realtor Scott Willie. Scott's journey is nothing short of inspiring. A former Marine veteran with eight years of service as a helicopter pilot, he's now soared to new heights in the real estate world, ranking among the top 500 realtors in his relatively short career. Join us as we dive deep into his unique background, uncovering the secrets to his rapid success in the industry. Stay tuned for an enlightening conversation with Mr. Scott. So, Scott, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, no, no, no. Let's let's back up. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Absolutely. I don't know about <laughs> remarkable. We'll 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 test that theory today. You are remarkable. I've talked to you on the phone, and your journey um, is an inspiring one. And you've quickly climbed the ladder in the Utah real estate scene, which is very impressive and remarkable. Yeah, so, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So let's get to know you a little bit. Where are okay. you originally from? How did you end up in Utah? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so I, I grew up uh, outside of Portland, Oregon, so the Pacific Northwest, until I graduated high school. Then I went to college down in uh, Southern California, really tiny school no one's ever heard of called Vanguard University. Yes, they're accredited, so don't worry. Um, <laughs> so I went to school there, and then after that, that's when I joined joined the service and was stationed across the East Coast. So uh, Virginia, then flight school in Florida, then the last five years, North Carolina. Uh, my wife's family is from Sandy, Utah. That's how we ended up back here. She was um, gracious enough to follow me along in my uh, career in the service. And so I was like, hey, we're going to move wherever you want. So that's how we ended up back in Utah. I love it. I love Sandy also. Um, so what made you want to join the military? you military family or... Yeah, definitely some military um, history in the family. My Probably my grandfather was the biggest inspiration. He was definitely the, the family war hero, fought in World War II. He was a paratrooper, so if you've ever seen, like, The Band of Brothers um, is a really famous documentary. It's fictional, but, you know, documentary um, of those guys, like, jumping on D-Day. So jumped out of an airplane on June 6, 1944, wow. with Germans shooting at him, somehow survived the war. Um and so he was kind of the inspiration, but yeah, I came from kind of a military family. Um, I was the first Marine of my family. So I had, you know, family members that served in other branches, but you know, when I first went to college, I knew I wanted to go to school. I took school super serious from an, an early age, graduated high school with a decent amount of college credits. And I was like, "Okay, hey, I know I'm going to do this. No idea what kind of career path that I want to take. Yeah. And it was kind of while I was going to school that I discovered like, oh, okay, I could still Join the military to be a commission officer. You have to have a four-year degree anyway. So I was like, sweet, I'm already here. I'll keep doing this. And that's, I guess, kind of how it happened. Okay, awesome. So then I know um, you 
I guess, is it retired from the military? It's not really what it's called, but. I actually was retired, oh, it was but retired. it was a medical retirement. So okay. normally you have to do 20 years to get like an actual, you know, retirement from the, from the service. I ended up doing eight years active duty, but I was like medically retired for injury reasons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and then before we move on, thank you for your service. And, um, so you came here with your wife and then, um, tell us about how and why you got into real estate. All right. So here's a story. So, uh, Michael Perry, good friend of mine at, um, you know, with the team I'm on, um, he was a real estate agent for a long time. So here's the connection. So my, my wife and him are cousins. Okay. So that's kind of how we ended up in Utah as well. It was just my wife's extended family and her cousins live here. So we were here for Michael's wedding in like the summer of 2021. First time I'd ever visited Utah and I had no idea what I was going to do. I knew I was like pending a medical separation. I knew it was going to happen last second, kind of out of my control you know, the original plans was to move to Salt Lake, go fly for Delta or one of the commercial airlines, um, just given my background. And I was like, well, can't do that anymore. So I was very uncertain in life. And it was a very stressful time for me and my wife. Um, luckily, we didn't have kids yet, that would have added another layer of difficulty to it. But I remember, you know, like the weekend before his wedding, we flew out here and I was talking to Jack Perry, his dad, you know, they, they started their team together. And he was like, Hey, what are your plans when you get out? And I was like, honestly, I have no idea. He's like, well, if you ever want to do real estate and join a team, like we're growing, we'd love to have you on board. I was like, oh, okay. So I kind of just put that in my back pocket, went back to North Carolina and kind of continued my military service. And then I was like, all right, this is going to happen. I'm going to have to figure out a new career. And so I was almost like forced into it. Okay. So I didn't really have a choice but to make real estate successful because everything else had kind of all those other options I'd worked years and years for kind of just went away instantly. Wow. And um, I know your story and it's a really cool one. So when you moved out here, you moved out here in 2021? Uh, uh, No, we moved out here. So it would have been like end of February, 2022. Oh, 2022. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've been out here like a year and a half. Year and a half. Wow. Okay. So pay attention to this because he's, he's, he is a top 500 realtor. So, well, it should be this year. This will be my first full year in 2023. Yeah. So, um, he came out here and he got licensed fast, right? Yeah. I can't remember how many days it was, but it was like, I couldn't have done it any earlier because you ha- you can only do like eight credit hours per day. And I was doing that while still active duty full time. So you know, military life, if anyone's unfamiliar, very daunting, long days, mm-hmm. very stressful. And I was getting licensed at the same time, just in any free time I had. So I think I knocked it out in like maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then can you tell us the other part of that story? Oh, like Is the actual, so moving here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, everyone talks about like, you know, their first week in real estate. So here's the first week in real estate for me. This is how it went. Okay. So, um, the reason why I was able to move out here in February of 22, because I didn't actually get officially discharged until August okay. of last summer. And they have this program called skill bridge, which it's meant for service members transitioning to civilian life. And they will allow you to basically intern with a civilian company. So I sent in my application. I was in a very weird spot at the end of my career. 
where I was basically working for some like higher ranking military officer. So I had to get my skill bridge application approved by like the major that was over me, two lieutenant colonels, and then the mag CEO, who's like a full bird colonel. I had to get all, I had to convince all of them. That's where the sales negotiating started <laughs> was just convincing all these dudes to sign off on this because they didn't want to let me go early. So that got approved like last second. Okay. We're in North Carolina. Um, I had to basically throw everything I could in a single luggage bag, whatever I could fit in the trunk of my Camry, which is not a very big vehicle. I'm six, four, by the way. Um, my wife and I, and our, our dog drove across the country. Um, at that time I was still really suffering with back pain. So I was literally lying down in the back seat. My wife is a champ. She drove 90% of the way. Wow. And like literally my dog was in the passenger seat up front. <laughs> so we drive across the country, um, to Utah. Uh, the first morning we're in Utah, like new chapter in life. My wife's like, guess what? I'm pregnant with our first. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's an interesting <laughs> way to start it. And then like two days later, I turned 30. So another big life milestone. Yeah. Then the following Tuesday, like two or three days later, was my first team meeting. So all that happened within about a week. It was pretty crazy. That is. Way to dive in yeah. to Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Utah. Yep. I guess Utah does that to people. They get like pregnant and have babies. <sighs> it happens. Lots of babies. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, congratulations. What a fun journey. Now you've been in it for a while, mm-hmm. a little while, and you're, as I said, soaring to new heights. In yep. real estate. That was a great pun. Yes. Appreciate and it. I want to talk about, so you joined the team right away. You're mm-hmm. still with the team. They're one of the largest teams in Utah, um, if not the largest. Yeah, top one or two, I think. Yeah, So, um, which is awesome. And Michael, he's, a, I'm sure, a great mentor. There's mm-hmm. a lot of value that's provided. So I want to talk a little bit about um, that part. So I know not having an SOI, except for your wife's, family. Not a that ton. was the other thing too. So not only was it like brand new career, I had zero sales background. It's like some people join real estate, but they had some level of like sales or even dealing with customers. Like as a Marine flying helicopters, like totally different world. Totally. Um, so that was all new, brand new market. I'd literally never been to Utah before, except for that one time visiting Michael's wedding. Um, and not knowing any, I mean, I literally knew four people uh, two of them had the last name Perry. They've yet to buy a house for me. <laughs> uh, I joke about that. And then the other two are my mother and father-in-law. Like that was the only people I knew. Wow. Yeah. So that has to be, um, like it's, that's challenging, right? It's like, okay, how, how are we going to get this started? So yep. I know the team, how you probably got started and uh-huh. I believe I remember, um, was from the, the team does provide leads. Yeah. There are some team provided leads for sure. Yeah. So is that what originally got you started the ball rolling? Yeah. Yes. I mean, definitely. But it also came with just trying to expand. Like one of my first closings actually was from Instagram okay. and it was like, didn't even have many followers, but just started like posting consistently. So they weren't all team paid for leads, but that definitely kind of got the ball rolling, which is why I think for newer agents, I think there's a pretty big advantage to being on a team uh, because of the support network, the coaching, you know, like we have a full-time TC, things that would like draw me away from revenue generating activities. Yeah. And of course the team paid for leads. Like you're not going to make as much per deal, obviously, because there's a team split. Right. But I think there's something to be said earlier in your career just to get experience, like just get past clients 
that you can leverage into more deals. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I have to agree with you because it's totally um, being around for the accountability part. Totally. And you have the coaching, the training. Yep. Yep. And then other people, Michael and Jack are obviously producing. So being, and there's a lot of agents in your team that produce. So Mm -hmm. being around those types of people that they're very growth minded, I think is a huge, I mean, benefit. Well, we definitely have some killers on the team, like some really, really good agents, some experienced agents. And there's a part of me that's competitive too. So it's like, you know, you could, you, I guess some people could take the excuse of like, well, I'm brand new. I don't know anyone here. Yeah. But I was like, no, I want to be, I want to perform just as well, if not better than some of these other guys. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So um, you had your first closing was actually from Instagram. So that's amazing because I I look at your Instagram, I see your Instagram and you do post frequently. Mm-hmm. You post very helpful information, educational information to your audience and the general public. So um, what, is that just something you knew you had to do? Because you don't have that sphere of influence that everybody, like other agents have, being from Utah? Yeah. I I think I figured out pretty early on that this is, like, the way of the future. Like, you kind of have to. Like, I was never big into social media, especially when I was active duty. Just didn't have time for it. Like, was so isolated in, like, mission sets and training and just the day-to-day grind that it's really not, I mean, it's more of a time waster than anything. It's not really a business thing. Mm -hmm. But then when I kind of discovered real estate agent things, right. Cause I had some experience as a real estate investor to a small degree, like nothing impressive, but like working with retail buyers and and sellers, um, it just seemed like it was a necessary thing. So I kind of dove into it, made a ton of mistakes. I by no means have anything like impressive, but Um, and I'm still learning, like haven't cracked the code yet. Um, but it was really interesting for me to look at it as a business tool, right? Figuring out what's my, what's my, um, ideal demographic, like who am I trying to talk to? And then what's the content I need to make for them? I think that's a mistake. A lot of people made that I probably still make this mistake of you're making content that you think is helpful and interesting, not necessarily what your avatar viewer wants to see or hear. Yeah, I love that you said that because we um, it's important to hone in on who your ideal client is. Right. And creating that avatar is such a huge help with marketing. Or if, it, if it's even consumers in the first place, like there's tons of real estate agents that they're just trying to attract or recruit to their brokerage. Like yeah, you see that a lot too. So or true. real estate investors. Like it just depends on who are you trying to reach and what value can you provide to them? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, do you do, are you posting your, okay, back up. Do you create all of your own stuff or do you have a content creator that you've hired or is this all you? It's kind of been a combination of things. Okay. Um, I definitely early on, like understood the value of hiring something like a virtual assistant. Yeah. Um, And we were fortunate to also have, like we brought on a full-time like marketing person on our team. Um, but the majority of it has been in a videographer as well. So not all of my stuff is like professionally edited and whatever. Um, but it's been a, a learning experience doing a lot of it myself, which I'd also recommend is like just getting your hands dirty and making mistakes and seeing like what gets you traction, what doesn't. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I want to talk about the leads a little bit because just because you get a lead doesn't mean 
it's going to close. It's not guaranteed, you know? So obviously you have to, you've had to build some skill there Yep. and how, and not having any backgrounds in sales and negotiation. How did you get to that point? Uh, That's a good question. Like to convert the lead. Yeah. Well, part of it definitely comes from just trial and error, but I also had great mentors. I had great coaches. Like we had a new agent coach, which I'm actually now doing, which is funny. It's come kind of come full circle that as of like, you know, a few days prior to this recording, um, I'm now like one of our new agent coaches helping, helping the new guys, which is awesome. But I had someone that I could call and ask questions to. We had routine trainings, just the basic stuff. And then anytime I was in the middle of negotiations or having an issue, you know, with a client and not sure what to do, I had someone I could call and ask. I, I had a lot of people I could call and ask. And that's one of the things I really value about the real estate industry is, you know, if, if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, you'll get the resources and the help you need to be successful. And other people should want to see you be successful. Yeah. So that was part of it. And then just like self-education, whether it was like reading books or, you know, educating yourself through the University of YouTube, things like that. Yeah. Okay. And um, for your clients, so now you've closed quite a few transactions now. Are you, do you stay in touch with them? Like, yeah. 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 I, I mean, hopefully some of my clients aren't watching this and like, uh, no, he hasn't talked to me in months. <laughs> um, but even, even that I've realized even recently that I haven't done a good enough job doing that. So even things like building out a full year or two post close plan of like, what are things I can continue? What are ways I can continue staying in contact with them and ways I can continue providing value and not just take, 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 ask for referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the SOI ones tend to be like a little bit easier just because you naturally either, you know, you met them at an open house or they were friends or family or someone referred you. But even the team paid for leads throughout the transaction, like these people are trusting you with usually the most expensive asset of their life. So you develop this like trust um, that I think doesn't just go away once the transaction's over. Like you want to continue taking care of these people because it's a people business. It's not really a real estate business. Yeah. And um, why do you think it's so important to, like, let's say for your clients, how would you talk to them about real estate and the importance of buying into real estate? Interesting question. Um, well, this is going to sound maybe contra- controversial coming from a real estate agent, but the truth is not everyone should buy real estate. Okay. Um, or at least like right now, right? There's probably a certain time in people's lives when maybe renting or living with family makes more sense. Like when we first moved to Utah, I'll use myself as an example. Um, we didn't know the area. We didn't know areas we liked, didn't like where we wanted to live. So we ended up staying with family for the first several months before we bought our first house. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was someone who did this full time. So now imagine other people that aren't in the real estate industry. Sometimes it just takes time or there's life circumstances. Um, but I pride myself on education and I pride myself on knowing how to help people so that at the very least I can present you with the options and then you can decide if it makes sense for you and your family or not. Right. Even something as simple as high interest rates, like how do you, 
what do you, what can you do about high interest rates? Well, there's actually a lot more options than people might think. And sometimes that requires you to dig in to the education of it. Okay. Yeah, that's a great answer. What conversations are you having with clients that might be on the fence right now? Because it is a different market a little bit. Yeah, and it can be scary. Yeah. For sure, so especially how, for buyers. How are you talking to your clients about that and potential buyers? Um, it kind of starts, like I said, from a, a background of knowledge and understanding. Like a lot of people just don't, they don't know what they don't know. So anything I can tell someone to help educate them and make them feel more confident one way or another, whether they decide to wait or if they decide to buy. Um, oftentimes I'll tell people, you know, Hey, we're on your timeline. Like I'm here to, I'm here to help educate you and advocate for you. Okay. Right. I'm not here to sell you a house. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just, it's important for people to feel that, that you're like in their corner. Um, that gets better with time too, the more that they kind of get to know you. But I'd say a lot of the conversations I'm having right now, especially with buyers and first time home buyers is just letting people have perspective, whether it's like, Hey, we have almost 10,000 homes on the market. That's like five times what we had two years ago. Yeah. Right. Interest rates are also higher. So pick, you know, it not pick your poison, but it's like every market I, f- I feel like, kind of leans like someone benefits from every market mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. and for a lot of buyers right now it's an affordability issue it's not a lack of inventory or a competitive competitiveness issue that it was two years ago where we had no inventory rates were low you had to pay over list price wave wave due diligence or wave home inspections or appraisals and all this nonsense buyers are a little bit more protective now they can Uh, be a little bit more choosy of what house they want. But the biggest barrier for a lot of people is just affordability. So that's when the math comes in, right? And that's when like the military mindset for me is like, okay, cool. What's the mission? Are we trying to be under a certain purchase price? Or are we trying to be under a certain monthly payment? You know, what's the goal? And then let's backwards plan from that. Yeah, I love that. That's a great analogy there. And I want to talk about actually, let's, um, your military background, do you feel like that's helped you in your real estate business? Like with systems and processes, because I know it's very regimented in the military. You're, you're, you wake up, don't you have to make the bed and like, like everything needs to be cleaned and pressed and all that thing. So do you feel like that's helped you in your, your business? For sure. I'll, I'll answer that two ways. I'll answer that. Like the more, the more literal way, like you just said, like the being organized, being held accountable, um, having good systems in place, having good habits. Like this business is really just a matter of habits. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, how good are your habits and how good are you at sticking to them? But the second way I, I would probably answer that was just my eyes were wide open when I realized that this, this job, um, in theory, your income potential is limitless. And I remember like talking with Michael and some, and some of these other guys that, um, you know, commission based income. And I remember being so like mad that it didn't matter how hard I worked, the number of hours I put in, it didn't matter really even like what flight qualifications I had. I was, I knew exactly every month to the dollar of how much I was going to make. Yeah. There was a cap. It drove me nuts. Right. Cause you could have mm-hmm. two, two dudes with the same 
you know, rank. They get paid the same amount, but one guy works his butt off and is really competent and the other guy's not. Yeah. And like, that's the part of military service that I don't miss. I think it should be a meritocracy to a degree, um, which is why I love real estate because you're, you're only bound by your own self doubts and your own limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you have a very like positive mindset. What are some of the things that you do to protect your mindset? And I know you said you've read books. Is there like a favorite book? So I guess two questions. Yeah. I don't know if there's like one particular book, like most of my knowledge and background was really more like real estate investing. So a lot of like bigger pockets style books, um, that helped, it actually did help with a lot of like creative financing or understanding how to work with investors. But that, I think that was just kind of like one small part of it. Okay. A lot of it, like I said, it was just perspective. Like this might sound intense and maybe kind of silly, but I'm, I'm not afraid that I might die day to day in this job. Yeah. Whereas like even in a training mission, like I have several friends that have passed away in aviation mishaps. So I'm not, you know, I'm not in that level of intenseness every day. Mm -hmm. So like, even though it's a hard or difficult job, which it is, but how stressful can you really be? Yeah. Like, is your life on the line? Not really. There's dudes out there right now that make a quarter of what real estate agents make and have a much more difficult life and stressful life. Yeah. You said real estate's a lot of good habits. So what habits do you put into place that you feel help you the most or have helped you in your business or personal life? I'm a big CRM guy. Okay. So I think that's so important. Yeah. You kind of have to with just the number of the volume of conversations you have. I have a horrible memory. Um, so I have to like take notes on people or I'll forget, like I'll forget their spouse's name if I don't have it written down and they'd be able to, the ability to like set appointments for myself through my CRM or, or give myself tasks. I'm a very, like, I love lists. I, I don't know why. Um, that's just the way my brain works. So diving into a CRM and just kind of having some level of structure to your day, um, as a real estate agent, you know, life throws things your way that just mess up your schedule. Like things happen. Yeah. But if you can make, if you can like dominate your mornings and at least like get things off to a good start, um, that kind of sets you up for the day. Okay. And how, how do you start your mornings? Oh man. Well, now you have a little one. Yeah. Recently (laughs) is not a good example. (laughs) So I can tell you like what it, what it used to be or kind of what my goals are to get back to but yeah, having a little one definitely made a huge difference. And that was another tough thing in my first year was like having our first kid and going through those growing pains and selling a house, buying a new one, moving into it, showing up to the office on time. I mean, even before that, just, you know, I, if you take care of your body and your mind, it just makes the rest of life that much easier. Like your body will physically handle stress better if you're like eating right, avoiding alcohol, exercising routinely. I know a lot of guys are into like meditation or whatever. Um, I've been doing a lot of yoga recently just for health purposes, but anything you can do that sets your body and your mind up to dominate the rest of the day. And then just like as silly as it sounds showing up to work, you would be shocked how many real estate agents don't show up to the office or go the minimum amount they have to, but just putting yourself in a work environment. I've noticed it's a lot easier for me to work 
when I'm like in the office than I am at home on my couch. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like I, I talk to a lot of real estate agents, it's my job, and I f- am finding that speaking to the most successful ones are the ones that go into the office. Like yeah. it's, it's becoming this pattern that I'm realizing yeah. like all these agents that are successful, they go into the office. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that just has something to say about being around people that are doing business and surrounding yourself with people that are growth minded and that have those goals set in place. Totally. Yeah. I was used to being like, I had to be at work by like seven to seven thirty every morning. That was just kind of the background that I was used to mm-hmm. and working like very long days. So real estate is a grind in that you're kind of like a police officer or fireman. Like you're not really off duty ever. Yeah. You're kind of like always on like working 24 seven. That's my struggle. That's what I'm not good at is like time blocking in my schedule, you know, to spend time with my family or not do anything real estate related. Like I went to a retreat this past weekend with other veterans and like somehow we, I ended up talking about real estate half the time. So it's hard <laughs> to tur- turn it, it off. Yeah, super yeah. hard to turn off. Okay. And how does, how does like your wife handle that? Oh man. Does it get like, I mean, we don't have to talk about it, but do, is it like something like a, I think she's she, like, oh, Scott. I think she understand. like she's first of all, very supportive like our lives, we've both agreed and we talk about this all the time. Our lives are infinitely better than they were when we were on the East Coast with no family around, working, like never seeing each other sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Because like if I'm flying at night, that means I'm not getting home till like three in the morning and then I sleep in. She's already left for work in the morning. So there would be some weeks like I literally didn't see my wife for a week. And that was when I was in like our house. Yeah. Not a like let alone training missions or things like that where you're gone for weeks at a time. So in terms of perspective, like definitely better. And I think she understands that in the beginning, like it is going to be challenging. It is going to be a grind when you're like trying to grow your sphere of influence, when you're trying to like not only learn a brand new job in a brand new market without really having an SOI to begin with, like she understands it's going to take time, but I think there's a natural progression in real estate um, a, a lot of guys that do this for many, many years, they eventually kind of move on to something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a natural evolution. Like eventually you get a better skill set, and eventually other agents want to be a part of what you're a part of. And eventually you like own more real estate that maybe brings in additional income. So I, I think there's like a snowball effect to it, yeah. but for sure in the beginning, it's a grind. Yeah. And I'm sure that, um, taking a couple minutes to, answer a phone call or send a text yeah. like you said it's totally different than what yeah. it was before yeah for sure so. I'm also not good at like saying no to clients because I'm just like I'll do whatever like I don't care I'll drive to wherever I have to drive to to show a house yeah um, I'm sure that will like eventually I'll hit a stopping point because um, some agents will like they'll put their phone on silence once it hits 8 p.m 9 p.m I'm not there yet so okay. eventually, like one day, maybe more balance is restored. Okay, I love that answer. Yeah. And um, what I want to talk about investing because you're getting into investing right now, right? 
Yeah, or yeah. just working with a lot of investors. Okay, so let's talk about investing. And yeah. um, why do you think it's important to invest in real estate? Um, not that I'm biased at all, <laughs> but like people don't understand, I think, or I should say the majority of even other real estate agents don't quite understand like the benefit of investing in real estate. Um, on a very basic level, you have a variety of, of ways that you can invest in real estate. It's not always buy and hold, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of guys that do wholesaling. There's guys that, you know, sublease something to rent out. But I've always thought at the end of the day, I would rather own something that's like tangible, right? And the beauty of real estate is there's so many ways that you can make it beneficial. Like think about a typical long, let's say long-term investment property. Like you go buy a single family house or a townhome, you're getting four returns on investment, which I can talk through if you want. Yeah. Versus just the stock market, like you're getting one return on investment. If the stock becomes more valuable than where you bought, there's a return. But with real estate, um, there's a reason why the tax code is written a certain way. It's to benefit wealthy people, which is the same reason why wealthy people buy real estate. Okay. It's mostly for tax reasons, right? Okay. Um, but just to name the four, so you have obviously the debt pay down, which is increasing your equity, right? You rent a property out, someone else is paying the mortgage for you, or at least a portion of it that debt pay down is increasing your equity. In the same vein, when the market goes up and your house appreciates and becomes more valuable, that's also a return on investment, right? Not necessarily something you can control, but houses generally go up in value over time. that's the equity. That's, both of those are increasing your equity. Okay. The third one would be cash flow, which is a very loose term I've found amongst people in the real estate industry. In theory, whatever your gross income is, or or, I'm sorry, your gross rents minus all of your expenses, so not just your your debt service like your mortgage, but also property management fees, vacancy reserves, maintenance reserves, whatever. If there's any surplus at the end of the day, that's your cash flow, right? So that's an additional return on investment. And then the fourth one that's probably the most underrated, but arguably the most important, are the tax advantages. Things like depreciation, things like tax write-offs. Um, there's a reason why wealthy people buy real estate and it's because of those tax advantages. They're crushing it in their income and they're trying to figure out a way to reduce their taxable income. Okay. I love it. And what is, um, your, your personal goals in real estate and investing? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like it changes. It changes. Um, it's been kind of slow. It's been a slow start for us. Like we have a couple of rental properties. We've dabbled with short-term rentals. Um, and long-term, like some of mine are still in North Carolina. Um, but I feel like I have a decent knowledge of even a, a variety of different types of real estate investing. Okay. Um, at least enough to like help me point the, a client in the right direction. Okay. Excellent. What are some of the biggest challenges you've faced in real estate? And how did you overcome them? Hmm. You're asking, you're asking good questions that I'm, I don't want to d- delay too long, but let me think about that for a second. Or, the biggest challenge, well, I'd say right when I started to figure things out, the market changed. <laughs> like, like literally I was like, oh, this is how you get an offer accepted with 10 other offers. Yeah. This is great. I'm finally like make, I'm finally getting stuff under contract and closed. 
And I'm finally able to like talk to someone like, Hey, here's what we need to do. Here's ways we can mitigate the risk, but here's what it's going to take. Kind of like those types of really hard, difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the opposite. Like <laughs> yeah. it was literally like being a professional football player on offense and then a year later, they're like, okay, we actually need you to play defense now. It's the same game, but now you're just on the opposite side of the ball mm-hmm. trying to figure out a whole new scheme. Yeah. It's such a different – like now you've got to learn negotiating skills. Like how could – maybe yeah. can the seller give anything, totally. you know? Like so totally different. Yep. Like I like how you – God, you're really good with analogies. It's just it's, sports. That's the only <laughs> other thing that's in my head besides I'm real estate. Like, like a football game offense. Yeah. Like that's so, okay. Um, that's that's really. Uh, Dude, let me give you another one now okay. because this one, like since we were talking about income before, having consistent income is actually very challenging in real estate because there's so much out of your control that you might be really talented, competent, and consistent with your job. And yet you still might not get a single closing one month. And then the next month you have four. So it can be this like roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. you know, and there's probably a bunch of funny memes out there of like spending your, spending your money the moment you like get someone under contract, Yeah, you know, or like thinking about the commission you're going to make on a particular deal before like your offer is even accepted. But having consistent income in real estate is incredibly difficult, like mm-hmm. m- way more difficult than I think most people would assume. Yeah, I I would have to agree. I mean, I know how the real estate works, but um, I'd have to agree with that. That, yeah. that you've got to be very careful well, with gets, savings, making sure that you're going to be. This good. past winter, when I was only like six to eight months into it, and things really slowed down, like November, in at least Salt Lake County, we were ninety two percent sales price to list price. So on average, like on average, houses were selling for. 8% less than their list price in November of 2022. Mm. And that was a really scary time because, you know, interest rates kept going up and up and up. We didn't know when the cap was going to be and real estate seasonal. We're in Salt Lake where things naturally slow down. Oh, by the way, we had record snowfall, which does affect the real estate market for yeah. sure, um, for better or worse. And I remember last winter being like, this is terrifying. Like I'm watching my savings dwindle. And like, what do I do? So would you say for, I mean, really any, everyone should have savings, but especially for real estate, it's just totally hundred percent commission based. Yeah. Having those savings. Yeah. Is I mean, important. Dave Ramsey would tell you have like three to six months emergency funds saved up. And the more, the more risky your income potential is, which I would argue in a hundred percent commission based industry, like pretty risky. Cause you never know what could happen. Yeah. Um, you want to, you would want to have more the six month, right? Like the longer emergency funds saved up for your, just your daily living. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm going to backtrack a little yes. bit because you had mentioned something like, uh, that you want to, like your wife is understanding that you have to grow your SOI. And I want to, because you're not from here, mm-hmm. how do, how are you growing your SOI? Um, it's been a lot of just meeting more people and luckily, you know, I did have some, some friends and family that moved here over the last year. So that's definitely helped like meeting people through our, our close network. 
Um, I've tried to be more invested in the real estate community. Okay. I'm sorry, in the veteran community. Um, and like, a, for instance, I hosted a military benefits seminar at our office last, I think it was spring. Okay. We had a, a great turnout. We had like 50 people. And that was just me like trying to give guidance to people with things like VA disability education benefits, the, the VA loan, things like that. So I've, I've slowly been getting more and more involved in the veteran community, which has been great. I've met a lot of uh, good friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, like our, our church, our things we like to do for fun. You kind of just slowly, like naturally start making more friends, but you also have to put yourself out there, right? Yeah. Through things like social media. Yeah. Do you find that um, when you're meeting these new people and going to these groups that it just comes up naturally in conversation that you're, um, what do you do for work? And just letting everyone know that you're a real estate agent. Sure. Yeah. Which is like so cringy. I struggle with that still. But yeah, it does come up all the time. Like when we moved into our neighborhood, we hosted a like neighborhood housewarming party. And I probably had like 25, 30 houses worth of neighbors come over that one that's afternoon. a great idea first of all that's sweet yeah i'm slowly starting to figure out how to like farm okay. a neighborhood and we moved into our neighborhood intentionally i mean it was a great it was a great opportunity with the house that we bought but it was also like we wanted to live in that neighborhood it was our dream neighborhood and i was like you know what like no one's dominating this area yet like might as well be me okay I love that. And so you're going to just nurture your neighborhood, basically. I'm going to try to provide value like okay. no one else has, okay. right? I'm currently, can I reveal something like this on the podcast? Hopefully that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm working on a website right now that's just for my, like not even Sandy, it's just for my subdivision, my community. So you're and going hyper local. Hyper local. Okay. Um I've seen other real estate agents make websites for neighborhoods and most of them are trash, like not helpful at all, Mm -hmm. or it's just like a home search, but mine's going to be like extremely useful. Like I thought of it, not from the mindset of a real estate agent, but as like someone who lives in this neighborhood, like what would I want to have access to or what are things I would want to know? Like not just market updates. So I'm really excited. We're going to launch that hopefully in the next couple of weeks. That's great. I think that'd be so helpful. And especially, I mean, not just for, I mean, for everyone that's helpful, but especially for people that are new to the area, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I'm a transplant like you, I wasn't from here. I had no idea like what hairdresser to go to. No idea. Me neither. But, it's crazy. You know, like, and it's just like. Who's going to do my nails? <laughs> who's going to do my nails? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like finding you don't have those connections for somebody to refer you. Mm-hmm. So if you can get local businesses to come together or be that, be that person to give that information, like, Hey, yeah. this is local to our neighborhood and here are local businesses, resources, anything. I definitely believe in the power of referrals. Yeah. And I think you have to give more referrals than you receive. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example, like in my neighborhood website, I'm going to have basically anyone who owns a business, I'm going to feature their business and be like, so-and-so who lives on this street, owns a dental clinic, here's the link to his website, here's his contact info, and try to like help my neighbors get more business. Such a good idea. That's awesome. I somehow have a lot of lawyers that live on my street, 
So if I'm ever in legal trouble, which is hopefully never, I know who to turn to. <laughs> yeah, you've got a few just, different ones. Yeah, like found that out attorneys. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that is so cool. What a great concept. I love that. Mm-hmm. Good idea. I'm super excited. It's going to be really, I think, beneficial, valuable. If you live outside of my subdivision, then sorry, it's probably not. But Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Oh, so good. Okay, well, yeah. um, what... Uh, what does the future look like for you? I know we kind of touched on it earlier and you're like kind of changes, but yeah. what are you, what are your, like your, your big goals? Um, I hit, well, so I have a sales goal for 2023, which is my first like full year in real estate. So I had certain, certain sales goals with that and going in a quarter four, you know, you were kind of like coming up to the finish line here. So the next, I think three months, I'm, I'm kind of really focusing in on just my business, but I'd say more long-term, um, on my team, we're kind of revamping our onboarding process because they are still growing quite rapidly and, and have expansion plans. So, you know, they wanted to kind of revamp how they're taking on more agents. They wanted to make sure that we're training them appropriately. So I'm kind of stepping into this like player coach role right now. Mm -hmm with the team and helping train new agents, which has been really cool. We're like just getting started, but I can already see the value in it. And I kind of miss that having a leadership role to a degree. Uh, Cause in, in the Marine Corps, like you, you're in a leadership role oftentimes and you have a billet where you're like responsible for other people. So um, I think I'm going to take a lot of pride and a lot of, value from that kind of a role. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. That's like in the immediate future. I like that too, because you're actually like, you're giving back also. Mm-hmm. Like you're in this leadership role, but you're getting back, you're giving back your experience, your knowledge yep. and helping other agents grow their business. Here is something I've realized that I would not have assumed. There is a lot of killer agents out there that wouldn't necessarily make a good coach. Mm. Like, and a lot of them kind of don't really I could see, how see could. the need or like don't really have a drive to do not that they're selfish, but they're just like, my goal is to make as much money as possible. Yeah. Anything that's going to take away my time. I'm not interested in. And that's, that's fine for me. Like that was the reason for joining real estate in the first place was finding a way where I can continue helping people continue serving my community. And if I can now help other agents and help make their lives better, by making more income or by helping structure their, their weekly schedule or whatever, you know, you kind of fill this role in real estate where sometimes you're like a marriage counselor with your clients. Like sometimes you're like a therapist. Sometimes you're a financial advisor to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think real estate agents need that too. And so for me, I get intrinsic value of being able to help other people. I love that. Well, Scott, I want to say thank you so much for thank joining. You for having me that on. was a great ending to our podcast. This was yeah. a phenomenal, thank you phenomenal for episode. Me. Thank you for being on here and your time. You're bringing value to maybe a, a lot of agents that listen and also um, hopefully to the general public. So where can people follow you? Yeah, so my Instagram is uh, Utah Real Estate Veteran. It's a really long, there's no spaces in between Utah Real Estate Veteran um, or I'm on, I think I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. If you just search my name, Scott, I think it's underscore Willie W I L L E Y. Okay. Yeah. Go give him a follow. Yeah.
Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate, failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.